From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 170. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts and The Pen Chalet. Great deals on high-quality pens with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the one and only, the wonderful, the beautiful, the magnificent, Mr. Brad Dowdy. Well, thank you, mate. How's it going? Pretty good, my man. How are you? I'm good. You know, every time you do the little intro, say what episode number, say who we're we're sponsored by. I do a little, I do a little dancing in my seat. You know, it's not something you know I'd, I'd want to periscope or put on a video, but you know, it's like uh, I'm I'm getting ready for for the game. It's like you know I'm about to 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 come through the tunnel, and uh, you know we're gonna get ready for the show. So I, I I'm excited uh, about today's episode. We got lots to talk about. You are coming off a really rough day, mm-hmm. so to put you in your happy place. We're going to talk about bunny rabbits and glitter ink. <sighs> and, you know, I, I don't know what kind of podcast this is to talking about bunny rabbits and glitter ink, but uh, it, it's it's going to get you through the rest of your night in a very positive and uplifting mood. What do you think? Sounds absolutely perfect to me. All right. All right. All right. So to, to start this off, um, we are both on the receiving end of gifts, neither of uh, which we know of each other's. So you got something Mm -hmm. this week. What'd you get? So about a week or so ago, um, the one and only Mr. Mike Dudek Mm. sent me a DM. (laughs) And he said, I'm sending you something. Can I just confirm your address? I said, sure. And he said, don't look at the the shipping label, the customs (laughs) things. Spoil it. Right. So I was like, okay. So I was waiting. I was really excited, actually because um, he's good with this sort of stuff. He's the best. And I was really excited. I was waiting. And then one day something came through the door and I knew it was that, right? Because it just, it was an American thing. I didn't check mm. the customs thing. And I rip it open and I pull something out. And I think I did a combination of a squeal and then <laughs> a bunch of giggling. <laughs> That's the way to go. So he sent me a mechanical pencil. Mm-hmm. He sent me a rotring. Mm. He sent me a rotring lava. Ooh, get out. Yeah, that's nice. God, yeah. those things are so pretty. I'm. It's one of those gifts that you're so excited about that you're mad at the person for doing right. it. You know? Right, because, right. Because, and he sent me a little, lovely little card, and he was like, don't look up how much these were because I got a good deal. <laughs> so don't think of it that way, but yeah. yes. But uh, I... That's I'm, amazing. Yeah, this is a fantastic gift. I mean, now that I have two now, I have my fountain pen and now mm-hmm. I have my mechanical pencil. And I've been using this one for a few days or maybe about a week or so. And I really, really love it. So yeah. it's, it's different to my other road ring, right? There's, the, the grip isn't knurled. The grip is soft, right. like smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely heavier, <clears throat> heavier, excuse me. And it also has a completely retractable um it's not even a pipe though it looks like mm. a ballpoint right you know like the little end, yeah. end part sure 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 yep so it looks like a ballpoint pen and then but you press it and the pencil comes out gotcha yep so it has but it has it in a different way to the to the um the cult pens it doesn't have a button on the side it has two different pressure of clicking you push all the way down and up for the the little pipe or whatever you'd call it. The sure, t- the retractableness. To retract. And then you just press it gently to make the, the pencil lead come out. <laughs> and how's it doing now? No no comment. It's totally fine. <laughs> I, just dropped it, I dropped it on my pad here. 
<laughs> I was hoping that didn't come through in the audio. Yeah. I'm just too well, excited. There's hardly anything in the pin world in my book that competes with the lava finish that Rotring did. Um, I, I'm fascinated by that finish. I have the one fountain pin in that finish, and uh, it, it continues to just be one of the coolest things. One of the coolest things going, and to have the uh, pencil, uh, much less, uh, much less a gift from the dude. That's uh, that's pretty sweet. I think uh, this is probably going to. I don't know. We'll see how much this overtakes uh, some of the other pencils you've been getting into recently. Yeah, I mean, I really, lo- I really, really love it. I haven't it, even wanted to pick up any of the other ones. Yeah, it's certainly got that extra cachet to it, um, not just what it is, but who it's from and things like that. And, you know, that makes a difference in, you know, our personal feelings about pens, you know, the story behind them. I talk about that a lot, right? I mean, the stories uh, oftentimes is as important as, you know, what the physical pen or pencil is in this case. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So my, I got a gift. It's a little bit shiny too. Um, not quite as shiny as the lava. Well, I guess it could be in the right light, but I got my Emerald of Shavor ink um, from wonderful listener Penelope who oh. wanted to gift that to me. She said, do not buy it. I'm buying you this ink. I want to give you, you know, to my way to say thanks for doing the podcast and the blog and all this stuff. And um, it was a wonderful note, wonderful gift. I just got it about an hour ago, so I haven't had time to ink it up. I didn't want to just, you know, throw it into a pen and scribble with it a little bit before coming on the show. So I'll talk about, um, you know, what I think about that in upcoming episodes. I just wanted to let Penelope know it arrived. She told me it was on the way, so it is here. And thank you, Penelope. You are awesome, and I really appreciate it. I'm going to use the heck out of this ink. And uh, I I look forward to seeing what my own thoughts are on this ink. So um, because we're going to we're going to talk about this a a little bit later in the episode, too. So so you haven't tried this at all yet. Now, I literally just opened the box about an hour ago, um, and I haven't taken the ink out of its box yet, so I, I don't have it inked up in anything. Interesting. So, and I'm going out of town this week, so I don't know if I'm going to ink it up. I'm definitely not taking, I'm not taking hardly any pens um, with me, so I don't want to ink it up today and let it sit until I come back next week to mess around with it. So, we'll see. I'll, I'll get it inked up. I... Knowing myself, I'll just end up putting it in, in something to to try. I can't let new things sit uh, that long, um, unless I'm reviewing it. I'm reviewing it in them, and then I'm terrible about uh, doing things in a timely fashion. But hey, we we got lots to do, lots to do. So, are you still using uh, the Emerald of Shavor? Uh, if I was using fountain pens. Ah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I like. Hey, I like this mechanical pencil, Mike. Uh, this is a this is a good mic. It's one of my favorite mics. I guess we could start calling them mechanical pencils, right? Nice. Can we do that? Can, can we can we can we try that one? I like yeah, that. We can idea. try that. We can try that. All right, we have names for other stuff that I want to get to. Um, you know our our fun uh, line lami animals that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they have the brown the safaris and the brown with the bear and the white with the rabbit and the yellow with the with the little chick and. Um, Joji Bear, um, one of our Korean listeners, has sent me the names of each of those characters and said, was listening to episode 169 of the podcast, and I didn't know if anyone told you the line mascots are called Brown, the bear. Super original name there. Um, Coney, C-O-N-Y, the rabbit, and Sally, the chick. So apparently their line has a whole, there's a, lots of line characters. It's apparently, it's a pretty 
I mean, I, we, I know line is big on its own, but the characters that they create um, around the brand are a pretty big thing. So all of these animals have, have names. So um, if, if you were any line Lamy animal, Mike, what would you be? Hmm. I think I'm going to have to be the unimaginative, unimaginatively named Brown the Bear. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Coney the Rabbit just because I don't even know what that means and it sounds kind of cool. So the names are so weird, right? That <laughs> obviously this is one of those scenarios where the translation yes into English has lost everything because sure. there are three like completely different types of names. Right. You know, like Brown the Bear, Coney the Rabbit and Sally the Chick. Like it doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> like if if it was like Billy the Bear, Coney the Rabbit and Sally the Chick, I might understand it, right? Cuz Right, you're getting closer. But like the the doesn't make any you know, <laughs> but again i bet they make a ton of sense uh in the the con in the market uh, if, yeah. if it's in korean sure yeah in the market that they're in it's yeah. probably like the greatest thing ever which heck i think they're probably the greatest thing ever uh, right now them. anyway they're, uh, they're so I, cool. I want one of these but as i yeah. said i don't make, make oh, this in the show or not i'm not gonna it, pay 70 dollars for them yeah uh joji bear on twitter actually offered us to say hey if you guys really want them i'll go i'll go see if i can find them and i was like no don't do that we'll pass on that but i, I yeah. appreciate the offer that was really nice yeah i said i i love i i love the idea of one but i i don't want one enough to either a spend a ton of money on them or b have somebody go and get them you know like that right. putting somebody out and uh, exactly. i feel like you can only you only get a few of those a year right so you got to right, use right, those right. wisely Yes, very much so, very much so. But um, if anyone does want to buy us something, uh, I'm pretty sure the Hermes Nautilus pen by Mark Newson, um, <laughs> that could be on somebody's list. Yeah. Um, it came via Bruce Lehman on Twitter because we've been talking about the Mont Blanc M that uh, Mark Newson designed, and I had forgotten about this pen. We've talked about this pen before because I remember seeing it. Um, and he sent this link and I completely forgot this was Newsom's first pen that he designed. And it was only earlier this year, I believe. And it's a way expensive pen. It's sixteen, $1,800 or something. It is stunningly beautiful. Um, this is just one of the flat out coolest pens, pen designs I've seen. Um, it's a retractable pen with a, with a twist, uh, mechanism to get the, to get the nib out. And, um, it's just beautiful, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, the fountain pen is sixteen hundred and seventy dollars. But I now that once he sent me that link, I I had a, a it it clicked in my head that we did talk about this pen way 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 back, hmm. um, several months ago. So, um, is yours writing well? I'm sure you picked one up. Oh, of course, yeah, it's a it's like a dream. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> I keep seeing mixed reports coming in about the um, the M. Yeah, I agree. So we had one. Uh, I, I don't have the link pulled up, but I know which one you're talking about. We had one today. Um, the the theme the that's that, that all of these uh, reviewers are saying about how light the pen is that kind of surprises me. Yeah, but you see, my my Mont Blanc is like mm -hmm. a feather. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah I guess I just haven't used enough Mont Blancs. The way I would describe my Mont Blanc is hollow. All pens are hollow. Mm, this sure. one feels hollow. Um, like there is nothing to it. Like so much so when I when I got it for the first time, I was surprised by it and wasn't happy. So mm. I wonder if this is for the people that don't like it. It's their first Mont Blanc. But then when I used it, I could see it is a great pen. It's great. Right. 
weight doesn't mean money and I think far too often a lot of people they they get that confused well sure I mean and I I, I agree with that because um you know my Nikaias are the lightest pens I own but they're yep. also not metal they're not like, aluminum or any other metal and I think you know when people are seeing like an aluminum construction they have to understand aluminum is a pretty lightweight material yeah my favorite pen the sailor is just acrylic plastic it's nothing sure. to it Right, you know, like right, right. It, there's nothing even like it's a beautiful color, but the pro gear there is nothing about it which tells you this is going to set you back two hundred and fifty dollars or however much they are until but, you write with it yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I'm wonder. I don't. I mean, I don't know because some people are saying it writes fantastically. Some people are saying it writes horribly. I I haven't made my mind up about this one yet. Yeah, so I'm going to Vegas later this week, and you know they have all the high-end shops out there. So I'm gonna hit uh, Mont Blanc and Louis Vuitton looking for some ink. Um, I doubt the pens are over here yet. I think they were gonna be a while before they made it to the US, but up to the US. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by and see um, if I get time to uh, to to quiz them on that. If uh, if in fact they are aware of it and if it is coming to the US, so and hopefully pick up some ink while I'm there. But we'll we'll see. I've never actually gone shopping at a Mont Blanc store or a Louis Vuitton store. It's not it's not how I roll. You know, maybe at the at the Nike store. That's that's I've, more my that's more I, my speed. I wasn't gonna comment. I was gonna let it go by. I, I wasn't gonna cast uh, judgment on you. <laughs> All right. So one of the pens that has been on my radar for years. And listeners have emailed me about for years and that I have never reviewed for years because, uh, honestly, I just keep forgetting. I'm terrible sometimes. Is Skillcraft Pens. Have you heard of Skillcraft Pens, Michael? I expect the answer is no. I'm pleased you asked me this question because I was going to jump in. I've never heard of them. Mm -hmm. And I can't see why anybody, looking at the photo that is on your Mm -hmm. Instagram, Mm -hmm. can't see why anybody cares. Because they look like... They look like the pens that Field Notes just throw in as little freebies, right? Little, exactly. little ballpoint pen. Exactly. Exactly. And it's essentially why people know the name and why they are so, I say, popular in air quotes. They're popular just from their ubiquitousness or ubiquity, whatever the proper term is there. It's because um, they're pretty much a U.S. government approved pen so you know all the different agencies in the u.s government uh from you know office work to military you know the skillcraft pen is on there one of the few things that they're able to order for a writing instrument at least you know what a contract to have huh (laughs) right right so the thing about skillcraft pens is no one will say that they are going to give you an amazing writing experience but the thing about the skillcraft pens is more about the company and who makes the pens and why they're in business and why what they do is important work. And we'll put a link in the show notes, but they basically run a program called the Ability One program. And let me just read it off of here so I don't mess it up. It says the Ability One program is a federal initiative to help people who are blind or have other significant disabilities find employment by working with a national network of over 600 nonprofit agencies that sell products and services to the U.S. government. Skillcraft pens are made by blind people in this program. It's really, really cool. And, you know, I've been chatting with them via email and I'm going to review the pen soon. And it, people have a fondness, um, 
whether they even know the Skillcraft story or not, or how these pins are made and, and why it's important, you know, this company exists. People have a fondness for, you know, like things they get, things they use in their job that they don't see other places. Like, you know, I, my office is never going to carry Skillcraft pins. They'll go through Corporate Express or one of these other generic things and get these junky generic ball points. And then, you know, the government employees, they'll only see these skill crafts. So they've been using these pens for decades, you know, in some cases. So a lot of people have a lot of love for these skill craft pens. And a lot of people com were commenting on the Instagram post saying, you know, my dad used to have drawers filled with them. My mom's pen cups were filled with these pens just, you know, because of their job. So it really, it kind of brings them back to a, to a time when, um, you know, it, it, it brings back some fond memories. And then to have the additional story on top of it about how the products are made and things like that. Um, it, it's just pretty cool. And I've waited too long to review the Skillcraft pen. So I have a, I got a box in from Skillcraft and I will be reviewing them soon. Um, did, in the UK, is there any, would there be any type of stationary equivalent? Like, have you ever heard of any products? Like there's two things that come up in the U S government here. It's these Skillcraft pens. I see a lot. And then in the army, there's these green issued, um, hard, hardbound notebooks. And those are the kind of two government products that I see that have kind of bled over, you know, to people emailing me, Hey, check out these products. You know, this is what I used in the army, things like that. Have you, is there anything like that you've seen in the UK that's kind of, you know, runs through the government type of thing that people really latch onto? Can't think of anything. I mean, you know, yeah. stuff like Bic, you know, like sure. the, those clear Bic pens, they're just yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's the main stock. Yeah. Like, that's it like every business i've ever been in every office i've ever been in like that just seems to be the prevailing pen it's just okay. like a big pen sure sure and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that pen in a little bit no way yeah way 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 um before we do that we're gonna talk about how we pronounce things <laughs> No, no. <laughs> that's always a fun that's always a fun email to get isn't it see i'm looking at what's here in the thing and are, are we gonna find out that it's actually pilot like we've been no same no. pilot wrong all this time <laughs> no so uh bartek uh which i'm probably pronouncing that wrong um sent us a pilot oroshizuku pronunciation guide um a lot of the oroshizuku inks i have very much trouble with you know a few of them you know listening through the uh youtube video and we'll share this with everyone uh so you can pronounce the youtube uh pronounce the youtube <laughs> pronounce the oroshizuku inks correctly yeah to bay google um so this is perfect. I, I love this kind of stuff. I like being corrected on this stuff and I like learning about this stuff. And even though I still butcher it sometimes just because I honestly, I get going too fast and not thinking about what I'm saying. A lot of times I'll butcher pronunciations that I know good and well, I'm saying it wrong, but it's cool to see these videos like with the J Herbon um, video that was super helpful. Um, and this Orochizuku one is helpful too. So have you listened to this yet, Mike? I have not. So there's some there's some tough ones in here. There's, you know, like Fuyugaki, we're pretty close on. Like it's that one's pretty straightforward, but a lot of the ones with a um any kind of leading uh TS sound in there, I am way off on that making that sound. That's a real real tough sound uh, uh to make. So um, you know, listen to the pronunciation guide. Keep this saved for when you buy a new Oroshizuku ink so that way when we talk about them we can uh, we can say them uh appropriately. We're never going to get it right, are we? <laughs> That's okay. It's part of the process. Always learning, Michael. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of learning. Oh, look at that. Oh, God, I'm, I'm so, so proud of it. Like, you Wait, should, hang you know, on, hang when, on. When segues happen, yeah, you're supposed to, like, ignore oh, high five. them. Right? Yeah. And, Not and me. go with it. Because that's the point of the segue, right? It's to lead yeah. in. Sometimes, no, every now and then, they are so good. Yeah. Oh, I'm Captain Obvious over here. I, yeah, I want credit. I'm very proud of you right now. I gave myself a high five. Did you hear that? I did hear it. <laughs> I did hear it. All right. Tell us about our good friends at lynda.com. Lynda.com is the online learning platform that has over 3,000 on-demand video courses that can help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. You can get yourself a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash penaddict. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash penaddict. Lynda.com is for people that have problems that they want to solve. It's people that are curious, people who want to make things happen. Maybe, you know, it's about time that you really understood how to use Excel. Like you've always wanted to know what a pivot table was and how to use it. Lynda.com can help you with that. Maybe you want to start your own business and you want to get a bit better understanding of viral marketing and advertising and you want to think about sales stuff and want to work out how to optimize your conversion rates. All of these things seem really, really complicated, but Lynda.com have great videos by super awesome experts who are really passionate about teaching and they'll be able to help you with this stuff. Maybe you want to learn a bit more about design. Maybe you want to learn about Illustrator, Photoshop. You want to learn about color, typography. You know, these are all the things that you've been wanting to master as a hobby for years, but you've never known where to start. Well, I can tell you where you start. You start at lynda.com and there you can feed your curious mind. You'll be able to watch these videos in your web browser and follow along with their fantastic transcript stuff so you can read exactly what's happening right in front of you. And you'll even be able to click back in those transcripts later if you want to just go back to a part of a video. You can just search for the word or the phrase that you're looking for, click that part of the transcript, and the video will start playing along along exactly at that point. There's also stuff when you're watching along online, you'll be able to, some of the courses, you'll be able to download project files and things like that. So maybe if you're working on Logic, you know, like the, the audio editing application, you can follow along with what's happening with a demo project file. If you want to watch on the go, maybe you've just got a bit of time every day when you're on the bus or in your break and you want to do some lynda.com learning, then you can watch and download courses to your Android or iOS device, so your phone or your tablet, and you can watch on the go wherever you like. You can also create and save playlists of courses that you want to watch. They're all broken down into bite-sized pieces, so you can arrange them in whatever order you like, customize your own learning path, and share it with your friends, colleagues, and team members. Lynda.com is a fantastic resource and your membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby or you just want to learn something new, I would love it if you would visit lynda.com slash penaddict, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash penaddict and sign up for your free 10-day trial because it will also help support this show. Thank you so much to lynda.com for their continued support with the penaddict. Awesome. Thank you, lynda.com. The end of that. Have you ever seen Ace Ventura? Uh-huh. Yeah. So at the end of that, when I finished that sentence, I felt like Ace Ventura. You know, when he talks for a lot, <laughs> loads of time, it just doesn't breathe. <laughs> yeah. I was I was getting that feeling there at the minute, at, at, right when you were getting close to the end. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I felt like I was on a roll. Sometimes when I'm on a roll, I, I decide not to breathe. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but it's the way I work, I guess. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It works for me. So there's uh, something happening in the in the fountain pen world that I think um, needs our attention and um, needs some discussion around. And we mentioned it earlier with the Emerald of Shavor, um, how I'm actually looking forward to getting, you know, the gold fleck uh, glittery ink. 
after, you know, Jay Herbon redid their um, first four inks in the 1670 series, the Rouge Hematite, the Blue Ocean, and the Stormy Gray. And they, the first two, the red and the blue, didn't come with the gold, gold flex in them. They changed the formula, added the gold flex. Stormy Gray came out with the gold flex. They decided the gray and the blue, the flex were too strong, so they lightened them up. So you can get the good glitter ink with without as much of a maintenance hassle. And now the Emerald of Shavor has come out, and it's kind of blown all those other three inks out of the water, in my opinion. Great. So this has happened. This is awesome. I'm happy with that. Do what you need to do, Jay Herbon. Then all of a sudden, I start getting um, tweets and emails this week, Michael, that Diamine is coming out with a line of shimmering fountain pen inks. Hmm. As I said in the show notes, this needs to die in a fire. Let me see if I can explain that for you in a better way, because I think I know what you're getting at. The four, how, how many, is it four, Shehaban? Yes. Four, right? Those are special. Mm-hmm. They were different. They have improved it over time, and they shimmer, but they have other properties to them, which makes them dry really nicely. All of those things may be, uh, they may be the same when it comes to the diamine inks, right? They all might mm. look really, really awesome as well, but they're not special anymore. Right. Most of the greatness of the, the Jay Herban stuff is they're the only ones doing it, and they did four of them. They were special, and they got better over time. You know, it, doing it now, other companies doing it now, it's not special anymore. Right. So I guess we're going to see these diamine inks. There are 10 of them. It's 10 inks. Too much. All to hit at once. Um you know, it's got your blues, reds, greens, turquoises, purples, grays, yellows. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, you know, everyone latches onto that thing that's hot right now. I mean, we're all guilty of that in, in various ways. And, sure, um, sure, sure. I just, <laughs> I don't want, the glitter thing, I just don't see, uh, and I say glitter, flex, you know, which, which you know what I mean, sparkle in, in the inks. I just, mm. I uh, no <laughs> make it stop, but I, I have a feeling this is only it's not the tip of the iceberg. It's not going to become like a huge thing, but I imagine there'll be a couple more company companies uh, jumping in on this bandwagon as well. If they don't already have something uh, in the books, we're going to start seeing something uh, something coming up when these two big companies do it. Um, there's there's certain to be another uh, couple to follow, but in my opinion, it's okay if you don't follow follow this trend. This is a trend that doesn't need to be a trend in in my opinion. So that's just me. I, I've never liked the inks anyway, except I, I have a feeling, you know, I'll def, I think I'm going to eat my words and I've said it before on the Emerald of Shavor, um, just because it is, uh, has a lot more going on with it than just the gold. Um, I think, um, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm anxious to, to give that a shot. See, now I'm going to have to go ink it up, right? Yep. Terrible. Terrible. All right. Our good friend, Dr. Jonathan Deans, wrote a very cool article this week um, called The Field Notes Bubble. And if you haven't seen this, you need to go read it because just my talking about it, it's not going to scratch the surface on the discussion that he had. But it's basically, it's the article's based around field notes, but it's more his discussion and his thoughts from an economic perspective 
about bubbles in general, whether bubbles actually exist. Um, like in his economic belief, um, his belief is that a bubble doesn't exist. Um, and then he breaks down, you know, what he's, he, he's basically schooling us all, um, which is why I love him so much, you know, you know, teaching us about these concepts and how, and then allowing us to apply them into our little realm and such things as, as field notes. And, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no black or white definitive answer here. He doesn't see a bubble in field notes, but he talks about, you know, like what you should expect from, you know, rare field notes editions, you know how people people such as myself don't care that you know one of these packs is is theoretically worth you know two hundred dollars or whatever or you know we'll just open it up and start using it it makes no difference um you know and one point he made uh towards the end is like if field notes wanted to um they could actually you know inflict I say inflict damage, but uh, but basically burst the bubble by reprinting all these old things, which is I don't I don't think that's something that field notes will ever do. Um, they never saw this coming in to begin with, and that doesn't seem like their business model at all. Their business model isn't to to rehash the old; um, it's to keep inventing new. Um, in, in my perspective, so there's there's a lot to take in with this article. When we have uh, Jonathan back on, we'll definitely explore this more and. You know, I I could probably do, you know, I've read this article twice and I still have like bits and pieces I want to pull out there and discuss deeper. So it it definitely deserves a a longer conversation. So, yeah, the one thing that uh, Dr. Deans pointed out and that Doug Beal is uh, mentioning in the chat room is that I'm surprised that we haven't seen counterfeits because essentially the recipe for field notes is there, right? Hmm. You know, it's in the back cover. Here's everything we did to manufacture this book. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be worth people's while because I, the market's so limited. I don't think a counterfeit would really work in this situation. People have discussed it before and, and wonder if how, you know, if that was even possible. Um, you know, if we started to see that, you know, prop up, pop up in the marketplace, would we be able to tell? I just don't think it's the end result for a counterfeiter would be worth the effort in this market. I think there's, I think the Mont Blanc counterfeiters would probably get away with it a little bit more than the Field Notes counterfeiters. I don't think it would have reached that point yet. Mm-hmm. Still, like even though we're seeing these high prices, I just I don't see it happening. I don't see it mm-hmm. working out. You know, right. So I, I guess in general, I don't know if there's a bubble for this. I just, I'm pretty uncomfortable with the ridiculously high prices. Um, just loving the company as a brand, I don't want it to be thought of as something different than what it is. And Field Notes themselves, uh, Brian and Jim have done a wonderful job managing that. Um, it's more taken a, a life of its own outside of the company. And, you know, that's okay. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I was, I've been part of that collecting too, trying to make my own set. Um, but not with the intention to sell it, you know, I just think it's something cool to have. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything to say on this article? It's there's, it's a long article. It's a lot to take in. I I've probably done it a disservice, just, you know, kind of glossing over some of the high points like this. You definitely need to read it and, and check it out on your own. So I do have thoughts about it, but I feel mm-hmm. kind of uneasy mentioning them because I feel like I am arguing economics of an economist. <laughs> like there, there are just some parts of it that I I don't agree with from sure. from Doctor Dean's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't 
necessarily agree that reprinting would help because people would want the edition numbers. Right. Um, I don't think that the field notes would be able to stop that uh, because if they reprinted it, they couldn't pretend that it was back in history. Right. Um, and there will always be something that denotes the an original as an original, hence why there is still uh, a market for first edition printed books. Exactly. Um, and also, he talks about how the bubble could end up leading to a bust for field mm-hmm. notes where mm-hmm. um, they go from print you know they go up to print in 20 30,000 uh books and then the the bottom falls out of the collector's market and then they struggle but mm. the company have grown over time so they could go back to printing 15,000 again they might just have to scale back their operations mm. so i don't know like i understand i completely understand what he's saying but i don't think it's going to go that far and uh I, I would be surprised if something like that happened because Field notes are completely plugged into what the community is doing, right? So they know, they know. Like I mean, you can see it, right? That it, it, at least on the face of it. I mean, we need to see if we can try and get an answer out of them on this. On the face of it, it seems like they're trying to curtail some of the collector stuff mm-hmm. by doing, you know, like the unexposed edition and the mm-hmm. um, the two rivers, which you can't you can't get the the set. Right, you can't just buy right. that. Right. Um, it's my opinion, and it, it's strictly that I have no information otherwise. Is that Brian, Jim, Aaron, the entire design team, when they're making field notes editions, they pay absolutely no attention to what they think the collectability of a particular edition will be. Yeah, I agree with that. I believe that's their their thought process. That's not that does not even register. Because um, what their their mindset them. is, what is cool, what will sell well. Yeah. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll move on to the next we'll make something cooler next time. Because and, you know what would be great for a collector's market? Create an edition that flops and nobody buys. So, <laughs> you know. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so we should With probably field know, notes. right? But as yeah. we record this tomorrow, it looks like. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, tomorrow, the new field notes drop, so I'll be interested to see um, what's going on. Um, I haven't used these last two editions as much as I've used previous editions. Like, I've gotten through, like, one notebook each of the last two. Uh, I Honestly, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been using the knock notebooks. Um, I'm using the one I'm in, though. I'm on my last page right now. So if the those field notes ones, uh, if they get here before I leave on my trip, I'm gonna take one with me. So like um, I've I've just been slowing down on my paper usage in general mm-hmm. since since you know going full time at Relay, but sure. I'm still using them and I'm still gonna keep buying them and I'm still gonna buy way more sets than I need because I yep. have a problem. Yeah, yeah. But uh, use them. You know that's what they're made for. Use them. I think actually um, field notes are my biggest uh, problem, if you'd call it a problem. I think that's a fair problem to have, though. Yeah. I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not that expensive of a problem to, exactly. to have. Like, you know, so. maybe, re- I mean, not even Retro 51 as so much anymore, because I can let some of those ones go, although I'm really gutted that I missed out on the um, the one that looked like a plane. That thing was sick. I don't know Ooh. how I missed it, and yeah, I can't I mean, get one. That's not my type of pen, but I don't know that I've seen a cooler design than that don't one. Do that that. Don't that do one, I keep. I keep staring at the pictures of that one, and it's like, wow, yeah, that. What one's is that cool. one called? 
I can't remember. I was just looking at someone was talking about one yesterday. Um, Inktronics did a review of it. So look up Inktronics. That's where I read it yesterday. I'll report back in a moment. Okay. Well, then I'll keep going. Um, Dr. Deans um, did want me to send out a shout out to a new Facebook group he created for Fountain Pens Australia. Um, We have a lot of Australian listeners, and I think this is a, a great community for for the Aussies to get together and discuss, um, you know, some, some local, uh, pen things available to them that aren't available to us and vice versa. And, uh, if you want to check that out, we will have the link in the show notes to the fountain pens, Australia Facebook group and, uh, get in touch with Dr. Deans. And I'm sure, uh, other, our other Aussies like, uh, Pete Dennison and David Brennan, they'll, they'll all be in there. We have lots of awesome Aussie listeners. So, uh, I look forward to seeing what they have going on there. And as a matter of fact, I'm on that page. I'm going to join the group right now. So I don't think I'm you're just, allowed. Uh, that's all right. We'll see. It's a closed group, so I sent an invite. I'll let you know if I if I pass or fail. Don't let him in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the Retro 51 uh, Tornado Popper Flying Tiger LE mm. Limited Edition. I want one of these. They're basically <laughs> impossible to find. If anybody knows where I can get one, I need to know. So Lisa Van Ness texted me the image. She's like, oh, check this out. And I was like, man, that is beautiful. She's like, yeah, they're already sold out. I was like, why are you texting me this? I don't know how I'm Doesn't help. Doesn't if anyone help. from Retro 51 is listening to this, <laughs> you've got to help me out on this one. Come on. How many how many pens have I sold for you guys so far? That's right. That's this right. Is one, this is one that I'm so annoyed that I missed this. <laughs> I was I was actually I kept meaning to ask you about this one. I didn't know if this one would be uh up your alley or not. So uh, apparently, yep. yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right, pen blog of the week time. We have a new pen blog. Um Cody actually reached out to me via email and he writes a blog, thepenhall.com. So you can find him there. He's just getting cranked up. He's got a handful of reviews out there. He did a nice post um, over the last week, or maybe it was over the weekend, um, about some, it's kind of like a beginner fountain pens tip thing, uh, some common issues you find with fountain pens, how to rectify those issues. Some real some real basic type stuff, but it's stuff we have all had questions about, um, you know, either when we were starting or, or to this day, you know, and uh, he did a he did a good post about, you know, ink, time, ink drying times, ink performance, um, you know, what type of cleaning regimen and maintenance, things like that. So uh, congrats, Cody, for getting the blog set up. Check him out at thepenhall.com. We will have the link in the show notes uh, for you. So uh, be sure to check that out. Sounds like a good one. Should I take a break? Yes. We were talking about field notes a moment ago. You know, I've got something special at the end of this uh, little Uh-oh. spot here today. Yeah, yeah. This is my this is my tease spot. This is where you spend my money. These are the spots that I don't know about. Pen Chalet, you know the Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoint, mechanical pencils, and so much more. My lovely mechanical pencils, Pen Chalet do them. They have all of your favorite brands like Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Kaveco. They're an authorized dealer of all of them. And we're not just talking about pens and all those great brands as well. We're also talking about things like carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters. Everything you need to feed the pen addict in you can be found at Pen Chalet. They have awesome customer service they're super fast super reliable they will sell internationally they have very reasonable shipping rates but they also ship on orders over $50 for free 
in the continental United States. So, you know, I mean, you go to Pen Chalet, you want to spend more than $50, of course, and you'll get oh, yeah. shipping for free if you do. Pen Chalet has great prices. They're always doing great sales and discounts and all that kind of stuff. And they also have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. As well as those sales and discounts, they have closeout specials as well. So when they're getting rid of new stock, they give you them to you. Get rid of old stock and get new stock in, they give them to you at a great price. Now, we know what you love. We love you love the special offer part, and that's what I'm going to tell you about. So if you go to penchalet.com, you want to use the code penaddict, it's going to get you 10% off anything that you buy over at Penchalet. If you have something that you're thinking about buying, go to Penchalet first, see if they have it. Not only will you get 10% off if you use the code on anything you find, you'll also be helping support this show. But for the special offer this week, click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the code PENADDICT for even more savings as well as your 10% off, including a special offer on the Workshop Companion Edition of Field Notes. I'm not going to tell you how awesome the deal is. I'm not going to tell you the price. You have to go to the site yourself and find out. But it is also worth noting, as you all know, Field Notes make limited editions. The Workshop Companions Limited Edition. By that nature, there is a limited stock at this price over at the Pen Chalet. So if you haven't yet got yourself some Workshop Companions or you want to get some more and you want a great deal on them, go to Pen Chalet and they'll hook you up. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for their support of this show. You're evil. It's a good price, right? It's, You've I've, seen it? I've never, I've never seen uh, this much of a discount on uh, Field Notes before. It's on really a good. current edition. Field yeah, on a current Notes. edition. It's, that, it's you know, li- it's a legit discount. It's uh-huh. it's big time. And plus, this is a this is a good addition uh, for pen Shelley because it's uh, the most fountain pen friendly paper um, that they uh, that Field Notes has, has done in in my opinion. So yeah, it's great. And then I just to stay on the the pen Shelley thing, um, like two sponsorships ago, the Platinum thirty seven seventy six Century Black Rhodium Fountain Pen, which is also on this list, I I bought one um, from our sponsorship. And I have it off with uh, Dan Smith, aka the Nib Smith, um, to put an architect nib on for me. So I will, I will hopefully be able to report back in a couple weeks on that. So uh, I was looking at that, the first pin in the list. That's one I, I picked up from uh, one of Pen Chalet's uh, good deals here myself. So yeah, uh, Ron always, uh, always knows how to uh, tempt us, and uh, he has, he has certainly done it this time. <laughs> I love this next link. Oh, I love this one so much. Speaking of of separating you from your money. <laughs> um, so at Alt Haven, our friend uh, Junie sent a. Um, I guess in Singapore there was a big event this weekend where um one of the Nimmeisters from Nakaya, and now since the site is down, I can't pull his name up. Um, he came and visited Aesthetic Bay which is one of the, I certainly don't know their standing, but they're a super, super well-respected big-time pen shop uh, in the region, if not worldwide. I've actually ordered some Sailor Limited Edition inks from them. Um, I've shopped Nakayas from them before. They have a good website you can check out. They have some models. Like Nibs.com had some colors and a model that Nakaya makes for them that only they carry. Aesthetic Bay has the same setup with Nakaya. So... They're a big-time Nakaya dealer, which means they're just a big-time um, pin dealer to begin with. So there was basically several days where uh, lots of people in the uh, Singaporean uh, pin community were able to go to Aesthetic Bay and get their nibs worked on by um, a gentleman from Nakaya. And Junie made this post on how to buy a Nakaya in four simple steps. And 
it's basically, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a send up of of buying a Nakaya and she did end up buying one. So we'll we'll save this because I can't I can't pull it up right now. We'll save it for you to to read it during um you know, when you're checking out the show notes, because it, it's hilarious. I, I tweeted this out the other day and everyone just thought it was, it was, it was hilarious. She did a really good job. And of course she ended up with uh, a sweet uh, Nakaya decapod herself, which is that, uh, uh, I think it's eight faceted, really cool looking Nakaya. So how are you in your Nakaya quest? One of these years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, That's fair. There, there needs to be an achievement. Sure. Um, and I just don't know what that achievement is going to be, I think, and then I'll, I'll drop the money. But it's still there, as I say. I know exactly what one I want. Cool. Um, whether it will still be available when I want to buy it, that's another story. I would just like to say that Aesthetic Bay carries the one you want, I believe, in what they call the the long piccolo. That's their the aesthetic bays design like i have the orange one it's the piccolo size they carry a long piccolo and i think it has the same uh Nigoro finish that mine does i think don't don't quote me on that but i think it might so just throwing that out there all right we're gonna wrap this up on the the most shared link of the week in the pin community michael and this is how the ballpoint pen killed cursive dun 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 so it's a massively clickbaity title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, lacking content. It's mostly fluff. Um, you know, it's clickbaity. You know, a title is clickbaity when it doesn't really tell you the. You read through the whole article and you don't really answer how the ballpoint pen killed cursive. I mean, the author kind of did, saying, "Well." You know, ballpoint it pens write worse than fountain pens. Therefore, we don't learn cursive anymore because it was easier to write with a fountain pen. That's just asinine. I mean, the whole article, the whole article is not asinine, but the premise of it is um, a pen didn't kill cursive handwriting. The lack of focus on it in the school system killed cursive handwriting. Um, and technology has a role to play in that. Just to say that the ballpoint pen, because it doesn't write as smooth or as easy um, as a fountain pen killed cursive handwriting, is just, you know, for for our world, it's the epitome of clickbait in the grand scheme of things. It's like a super minor article, but for us, it's kind of, for me, it's like kind of egregious. It's a really stupid, uh, stupid title. Um, I I just think the, you know, the author could have done a better job, um, especially as a teacher. The author is a teacher. Um and is lamenting the fact that, you know, you know, the same stories we always hear, my students, not only can they not write cursive, they can't read cursive. And, you know, that's a problem, you know, everyone's on their digital devices and we're losing this. Um, you know, it, cursive's never coming back like it used to be. But I think there's a place for it to be taught in schools and it's just a matter of that focus has changed. You know, that's not the focus of schools anymore. When I was growing up, we're probably a good decade apart, you and I, growing up through the school system. And, you know, I think starting in third grade, I, I was, you know, I had cursive handwriting classes and I was graded on my letter shapes and, you know, my styles and my letters. And all through 
through high school, I used cursive. And then when I was out of school, I just, you know, reverted to printing. It just is what it is. How did you, did you have any type of cursive focus in in your schooling? Was it an actual taught subject, if you will? Yeah, yeah. We, um, yeah, we were taught um, how to write in, you know, what we call joined up handwriting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And we also, we were even taught to write in italics. Sure. Which I'll yeah. never understand. I still don't know why they did that. Yeah. Uh, but we were taught to write in italics, which right. d- made no sense to me. I don't even know <laughs> if it was called italics. Like, I feel like it might have been called something else. Mm. But I remember at the time as a kid, no, I think it was called it, it, it was called italic. I was Basically. really angry about it as a kid <laughs> because I could never understand when I needed to use it. And, and mm-hmm. they, it could never be. It was one of those things that it frustrated me and nobody could explain it. And I still don't know why you would teach it, but right. I did. So the ballpoint clearly killed cursive handwriting for you, right? I mean, I understand what they're trying to get at. Right. It's a ginormous stretch to put this article together. Yeah. And <laughs> I made the mistake, um, like you don't do on youtube to starting to look at the comments <laughs> and holy crap it is a cesspool it is a literal cesspool of comments i'm gonna read the first one and uh i, I pretty much stopped after there um the first comment it says nobody 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 cares about fountain pens the atlantic could have covered any of ten thousand more crucial stories including an overview of the national shortage of davy crockett coonskin caps before it ran this story and it would still be more relevant The outrage over ballpoint pens, Michael. Killing cursive? Yeah, oh, no my doubt. Gosh. Oh, God. My gosh. But anyway, we got this article a million times. I, I felt like discussing it only because I don't have a lot to say because it's the grand scheme. It's a less than useful article. Um, you don't mm-hmm. learn anything from this article. There's no... It, it's 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 a clickbaity article is what it is so you know i wish cursive would make a comeback i wish my kids in school would learn cursive handwriting my daughter's in fourth grade they don't teach them handwriting at all you know they teach them you know a little bit of the printing stuff you know trying to write in between basically they want them to write straight across the line and then however they want to do it they can do it she could write cursive if she wants she practices on her own because she sees it in her books and she wants to mimic that but you know that's why cursive is going away is because it's not taught in schools anymore not because of a stupid pen the end Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, like, someone had an idea. I don't really know what the idea of this piece was, but, right. you know, it got written anyway. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, we certainly, you know, we had a lot of, I had a lot of comments and tweets in, on it. And, um, you know, <laughs> I don't, I've never, what I haven't seen is anyone say, wow, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's not going to happen with this no. article. So No way. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's a wrap, sir. Yep. I think uh, this was a fun episode, and and just uh, just so you know, I was admitted to the Aussie Fountain Pen Facebook group while we oh. were talking. So, eat it, guys. Kick him out. <laughs> he doesn't deserve to be there. You're just letting him in because it's Brad Dowdy. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go tell. Uh, I'm gonna go tell him what you said about economists. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to find our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 170. If you want to find us online, there's a couple of places you can do that. You can find Brad over at penaddict.com. He is also penaddict on Instagram and dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much to our sponsors this week, lynda.com and penchalet for helping support the show. And we'll be back next week. Until then, Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.